welcome to Whip Beyond Measure. My name's Katrina Mayer. And I'm Elle Kammerer. And today we are talking about the 2007 adaptation of Mansfield Park. Yep. Starring Billy Piper and Haley Atwell. <laughs> Not as admin. <laughs> I only rec- really recognize Billy Piper, to be honest. Uh, Haley Atwell plays Peggy Carter in the MCU. Oh, okay. So she's in Cap- the first Captain America and yeah. she's in yes. uh, Endgame. Who is she in this version of um, Mansfield Park we watched? She is Mary Crawford. Oh. Okay. Also... Slight spoiler for Multiverse of Madness, but she's also in Multiverse of Madness as Captain Carter, which is an alternative if she had become Captain America instead of Steve Rogers, except she wouldn't have been Captain America because she's British. Right. But yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. So yeah, so we have this adaptation, which when I looked it up on Amazon, I almost had a panic attack because it was like, a, it said season one. And I'm like, seasons? Wait, I thought this was like a movie. And then I was like, oh, no, it's a it's a miniseries. And I'm, I don't have enough time to commit to this. It turns out it was fine. Yeah. It was like an hour and a half film. That's how like <laughs> PBS does it. Because it was a yeah. PBS ma- masterpiece theater kind of thing. And like when those go on Amazon, that's how they mark them. Um, I was kind of weirded out because in order to watch it, I had to buy it. Um, there was no option to rent it. You could have gotten the PBS seven-day f- trial for free and watched mm-hmm. it for free, but I'm like, I'm not going to do that. So I just bought it. was like two bucks. So it wasn't a lot. Uh. It's not like it was a lot. It was two bucks. Um, but I'm like, well, you know, I buy it and then I'm, I'm what if I never watch it again? And I was like, well, maybe I'll like it and I'll watch it again. I'm never going to watch it again. <laughs> Oh, really? Well, so I have the subscription because I watch Sanditon. Sandition? Sandition? That's not how it's said. That's not what it is. That's what I want to say. I want to say Sandition, but that's not right. It's Sanditon or something like that. Okay. Yeah, that. I watched that. Okay. On PBS. It's on PBS, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah, it's Masterpiece, I think. Okay. Yeah. I think that's why I have that subscription. (laughs) I don't know. I have a lot of like through Amazon Prime subscriptions. Um, but that's not the point. So let's, well, let's talk about this then. If you're like, I'm never going to watch this again, because I'm not going to lie. I enjoyed this one more than I enjoyed the other one. Ugh. No. <laughs> I just hated everything about this movie. I just like watched it with this like incredulous look on my face. Like I tried really hard to give it like my all, but I'm just like, no, no. No, 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 no. Okay, okay, But okay, I'm glad okay. you liked it because I want to hear what you liked about it and maybe that will change my mind or maybe I'll look more favorably on it, so. Okay, okay, so there's two things I want to, I want to, because obviously we're in different, different parks here and I think I want to know if you didn't like this one because you prefer the other one because that's what you're used to. Whereas I'm I'm just going to flat out say right now, I prefer this one because it's closer to the book. I feel the opposite. I feel my version is closer to the book than this oh one was. Oh my God. No and way. Yahweh. And like, no way. Yahweh. And then like all of the things you said last week about like 
that adaptation. I felt like went with this adaptation. I completely disagree. The only <laughs> real differences between this adaptation and the book is that there's no Portsmouth. And Tom doesn't go to Antigua. There's a Everything lot else is really small. Different. I don't know. I just didn't like any. I didn't like the way they. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Okay, I, I want to know why you didn't like it. I want to know why. Tell me why you didn't like it. Let's start there. Let's just start right off the bat with. Because last week I was very passionate about how much I didn't like the other one. Yeah. So, like, let's let's hear it. Why didn't you like this adaptation? Okay. So I'm going to, like, basically deja vu everyone right now. And just. Okay, well, let's hang on a second. Straight first. up. Okay. So last week when I didn't like it, I was in control of the conversation. This week it's on you. So let's direct me, director, through this, through this. Because I okay. I actually prefer to have conversations about these things when people dislike it. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, well then let's hear why you dislike it. And then, yeah, I can chime in about why I liked it. Okay, good. Okay. Okay. And uh, to be honest, as I was watching, I was like, I feel like you're going to like this one. And then like, if you talk about what you like about it, maybe I'll find like redeeming parts of it. But okay. Okay. So... So again, to like kind of deja vu everyone, I just really felt like this Fanny was not Fanny. She wasn't Fanny. She was, I don't know. Billy Piper is an amazing actress. I love her so much, but she's not Fanny Price. And she didn't play her like Fanny Price in the book. How so? Again, there was all the running around mm -hmm. the house. I agree with that. I do like, agree with that. The rough house play and like the looks she gave. Like, I don't, was she trying to be submissive? Because it didn't come across that way. Like, if Aunt Norris said something or like somebody said to her that she didn't disagree with, like the look was like, I'm gonna get you back. Or like, I don't know. It just felt very like. I don't want to say devious because devious isn't the right word, but just kind of like very aware and very affronted by mm -hmm. things. Whereas like the Fanny in the book would have like shrunken and hidden and like, you know, I don't know. It just. I think, I think that that's just Billy Piper's face. I'm not going to lie. Cause I had that problem too. Remember when I was like, when we were talking about uh, like, even before the, before last week we were talking about, watching the adaptations and I was like, I'm a little nervous about Billy Piper playing Fanny Price. Yeah. Because on all of the promotion stuff, she looks so like severe and like kind of rebellious and stuff. And I think it's just Billy Piper's face. Yeah. And I agree with and, and, that too. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree that she didn't feel like Fanny Price in the book. However, I felt like she felt more like Fanny Price at times than the previous one, because I feel like the previous one was a, is it Frances O'Connor? Yeah. She acted it more like she was playing Austin yeah. than she was playing Fanny. So I feel like Billy Piper played Fanny more in the way she spoke, in the way she like held herself in certain cases and stuff like that. I don't know. And the way she was written was more like Fanny than the other one. But she was Maybe Billy Piper didn't do that part justice, but I feel like the way she responded to things, the, the lines she said, the positions they put her in. And like there was her nervous about being in the play and being pulled around that way. And like she was 
the way she responded to the other characters felt more like Fanny. Like, remember how we were talking about how uh, in the other one, Fanny seemed all happy and fun and flirty and just like everything like that with Henry Crawford. And then all of a sudden she was like, no, I can't marry him. I never felt like that with this Fanny. Really? Like, she wasn't. I didn't think so. walking around with Henry Crawford and giving him smiles and like talking to him and dancing with him at like the weird picnic because they don't have a ball because she's like, I don't want a ball. I want a picnic. And like Fanny Price would never demand something like that. Like what is no, happening? Not to the ex- not to the extent that the other Fanny was. The other Fanny was outright flirting, laughing, joking, like being all silly in the staircase. I don't know. She was like being silly in other places with this Henry Crawford. I don't think so. I, I don't, do. I, I think felt. So. I didn't feel like it. <laughs> I did. I, I didn't was see like, it. Why? Why is she like walking around with Henry Crawford and smiling at him in the gardens and like? Why? That was, that was, wasn't that, that was after. It wasn't after, it was before the weird ball picnic because I remember no. thinking that. And then the weird ball picnic thing happened. And then no, they're they playing were walking that really around weird outside. game. That was really weird. That, was really weird. that was really Can weird. Can we talk about this well, game first really quick? Like, Okay, well, hang on, hang okay. on, hang on. Let's continue talking about Fanny because we'll okay. get to the weird ball or to the weird picnic thing when we talk about things that are different because okay. that was very much a different choice. But no, they were walking out in the gardens after after the picnic. That was when Fanny was the only one home. No, 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 no. It happened before the picnic and again. It's, it happened multiple times throughout the movie. Because I remember because it was before he had proposed and like she's walking with him and it's just like a quick scene and they're like smiling at each other and then it cuts to like Sir Thomas seeing them and he's like, Hmm. And then it goes to the scene where he's where it's like Fanny, you're wanted, and then Sir Thomas basically shoves her in a room with Henry Crawford, and like, yeah. Hmm. Maybe I'm thinking that's out of order. Very quick Either way, scene. it's a very quick <laughs> yeah, okay. scene, and she's like giving him looks, <sighs> and See, like I, feel, I it's just weird. I still feel I still feel like she was for the most part in most of the film she was acting more. Like, and they wrote her more like Fanny Price than the Frances O'Connor one, who was very clearly more rebellious and more spirited and stuff like that. I will concede that, yes, they tried to write her more like Fanny Price, but Billy Piper didn't play it right. I don't know. I think Billy Piper was the wrong choice for this character. And you know the only reason why she was probably picked for this was because of Doctor Who. Yeah. Because it's 2007. She's Doctor like the Who, biggest name in this movie. Like, let's be yeah. real. Yeah. 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 She is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was thinking because of Haley Atwell. Yeah, she Her really thing came later. She came yeah. later. Mm-hmm. That Because Captain America was later. But I think season two of Doctor Who, when Billy Piper left Doctor Who, was in 2007-ish. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was 2006. I don't exactly remember the dates. It's been a hot minute. But yeah, so like... She was just off of Doctor Who, so she that's why they picked her for this. Yeah. And I I don't think that this was the choice. I think she would have been a better Mary Crawford. I agree. Not that, that. Haley Outwell was bad. I just think that Billy Piper could have yeah. would have been better as Mary Crawford than she was a Fanny Price. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So also like this is stupid and nitpicky. <laughs> and I know it's 2007. <laughs> 
But I just like hated everybody's hair. I like hated the oh my way god, everybody was looked. terrible. Every no, everybody, yeah, everybody, literally everybody, mm-hmm. everybody, and like I just hated it so much. Like Edmund looked like the weird half brother of a My Chemical Romance like <laughs> high school band. Like that's what yeah, he looked yeah, like. Yeah, and not in a good way at all. Mm-mm. And Henry Crawford was kind of weird looking. <laughs> no, Henry Crawford was giving me Ewan McGregor as Frank Churchill. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, same yeah. vibe. Same yes. vibe. Terrible exact hair. Exact same thing. <laughs> same terrible vibe, hair, terrible hair. Top hat. Yes. Terrible. Yes. Terrible. Which is saying something, because y'all know how much I love Ewan McGregor. Right. So, But yeah, this guy like, was no uh, Ewan McGregor, so, no. like, you have no reason to have no. that hair. No, not no. at all. Yeah. So and then good. um so William Price is actually in this one. Yes. And he's he's got hair, it's curly, and then there's like a skinny little rat tail yeah. in the back. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. All of the hair was terrible. With the exception of Haley Atwell. Her hair was fine. Her hair was great. Yeah. Yeah. Her hair was great. They didn't even like attempt to make Billy Piper's hair look Regency. They just like Mm-mm. let it be her hair. It's mm-hmm. just her 2007 hairstyle. Yeah, she it, she wears it like down and kind of pulled away from her face the whole time. Yeah, like she, they she, they don't even Mermaid put it up. Waist. Everybody else, yeah, yeah, everybody else has it up. You know, in the yeah. style, hers is uh, half up, half down, shoulder mm-hmm. length, with the with bangs. Yeah, it's yeah. bizarre. Yeah, sorry. I, I know that's nitpicky, but I'm just like. Also, she's wearing like like her outfit is kind of odd. Yeah, like she's wearing almost like a full corset type dress. Like I don't know if you noticed that. I did notice because that. the time it's like the short stays with the umpier waist. Uh-huh. Hers was not like that. Like the front was very much like a full corset, and yeah. I'm like, that's not right. Yeah, like it had like the the neckline and the lace, but like where the waist hit was not accurate. Mm-mm. And it was, it looked like it was made out of the correct material and yeah. the right, like, pattern and stuff. But yeah, the corset was really weird. Yeah. Because it looked like a full corset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, back anyway. to the other thing. So you didn't like this fanny. What else didn't you like? I didn't like her. I hated, like, all the things they changed. Like, they made so many unnecessary changes. And I know they were, okay. like, little. But they were, to me, they were just so unnecessary. And it's like, so- Why? Let's talk about some of the major changes. So I think that the reason why these changes were made was because it was, they were very limited to their space. They stayed at Mansfield Park the whole time. You never really left Mansfield Park. So I think they were very limited to their space. And I have a funny feeling they were kind of limited to their casting as well, which is why you don't have a big ensemble of uh, background characters. And And that's fine. For the ball. So here are the changes. There's no Portsmouth. Instead of being sent to Portsmouth to stay with her poor family, Fanny is just left alone. And that's supposed to be the thing that makes her change her mind about Henry Crawford, which I do have issue with. I think that that was a stupid move. Mm -hmm. But that obviously that change made it very clear that they were very limited on where they could film. The other thing is that, yeah, instead of having Fanny's birthday ball, she asks to have a picnic. Now, there is still dancing but everybody's outside. It's very clearly like a smaller party. They didn't have a lot of extras cast for like background people and other dancers. So again, that makes me think they had a smaller budget. There is so, some okay, severe fine. sexual harassment going on. Oh, there is. We'll get to that in a second. Unnecessary touching. Okay, yes, keep going. I'm just saying, I'm just saying 
personally for me, the change of pick from ball to picnic, I'm okay with because if they had the budgetary restraints for the casting. However, the extra things they added into that scene, including this weird ass game, I'm not okay with. Not so okay. let's talk about this weird ass game. Okay. <laughs> I have some other changes we'll talk about, but let's talk about the game and the picnic. Let's talk about the two biggest well, changes. Well, I, I, yeah, those, those were the, the two, two big changes. Yeah, and yeah, let's those talk are the two those. biggest changes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So they're at this picnic. It's Fanny's ball and it's her birthday. And she's like, I want a picnic because it's my birthday, which like Fanny Price would not do. <laughs> well, she says, she I'd snobby. like to have, I'd like to have my birthday like this last birthday I had with William because William is there for her birthday. Yeah. She's like, I'd like to have a picnic. And Mrs. Norris does indeed give her shit about it, being like, well, how dare you ask to have something that wasn't given to you? Because, like, obviously, Sir Thomas suggests a ball. Fanny's like, no, I'd rather have a picnic because of William, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so she wasn't quite as snarky and snippy as Katrina just made it seem. But don't worry, Mrs. Norris gave her shit about it. (laughs) I'm just saying the real Fanny wouldn't have asked for a picnic. Anyway. uh (laughs) The real Fanny wouldn't have asked for anything, we know. Yeah. Um, So there playing this game and essentially what you do is you blindfold a person mm-hmm. and there's a whole bunch of people in the middle like surrounding the person and you spin so the, the person is in the middle everybody else around. is a circle around yeah. you and you spin the person around and you fling them off and then blindly they have to go around and grab onto people or like people go up to them and like tap them and like they and like you gotta grab them, right? Yeah, you gotta grab somebody that comes in, like within to, your like, tap thing. you or yeah. Yeah. like poke at you or something. Yeah, you gotta yeah. grab someone. So. so it's a little bit like tag like that, I guess. Yeah, except tag you like touch and go. This is like full on grabbing. Groping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Edmund, it starts off with Edmund having his turn. He grabs mm-hmm. Fanny. And he's like mm-hmm. touching her, <laughs> like her waist, uh-huh. her, well, her first, shoulders. First he, he grabs her and like grabs her arms, like the tops of her arms n- near her shoulders, and is like, "It's Mary Crawford." And Mary Crawford's like, "No, it's not." And then he's like, "Hmm." And then yeah, he touching. starts patting her down, yeah. her chest area, yeah. her boobs, and then comes across to her cross necklace, which is in this one. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. But yeah, and then he's like patting it, and he's like. It's Fanny, and it's like way to feel her up first. And Holy like shit! Watching and smiling and laughing, like it's hilarious mm-hmm. to like touch a person. Like I just, as so bad. And then it's Fanny's turn, yeah. and like she grabs some random neighborhood boy, but <laughs> like. Is this a real game? Because, oh well, my god. So let me just say this. Instead of Fanny feeling him up, she literally just, like, grabs his shoulders, like, feels for his head, feels the side of his face and his hat, and is able to get it. Yeah. He didn't, she didn't have to feel him up. No. <laughs> yeah, that was thrown in there for, like, the sexual tension. Yeah, I guess, but it's Because that, that's another thing that's a little different in this one versus both the book and the other one, and that's you get more of a sense that Edmund has a thing for Fanny. Like it's not as strong as obviously like other Austin books or Austin adaptations and stuff, but it's a little bit more clear in this one that he kind of has feelings or at the very least finds Fanny attractive. So. Yeah. Anyway. So that's weird. That was weird. That was weird. 
And yeah, the other biggest change is that she didn't go to Portsmouth. She had to stay at Mansfield Park all by herself. Which I thought was so stupid. I'm sorry. Like, that was my biggest problem with this one was that, like, so everybody at Mansfield's was, like, going to go visit uh, Mrs. Bertram's and Mrs. Norris's mother. And when Fanny refused Henry, Sir Thomas was like, well, we're going to leave her here so she can sit around and think about it and in her loneliness and see what it would feel like if she doesn't marry him. And I'm like, that, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the same it doesn't have the same weight because we discussed this before like with the how it is in the text and even how it was in the last adaptation especially the last adaptation oh my gosh the prices house was terrible but like we can see why he would do that like that makes logical sense like if she doesn't marry henry crawford she can end up really poor like the prices go throw her back into that atmosphere but in this version if she doesn't end up with henry crawford she's not going to end up alone at mansfield park <laughs> Which you probably would prefer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but again, obviously there was some sort of filming restrictions because there's, you never leave Mansfield. You don't see, yeah. you don't see the, uh, the Grant's house really. Uh, no, you don't see the Grant's house at all. Mm-mm. No, you're at, you're literally inside and outside Mansfield Park the whole time. Like a lot more stuff kind of happens out on the lawn. Mm-hmm. Um, including what I think was supposed to be a hint at the Southerton yeah, there is, kind like, of situation. Walking, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so yeah. But yeah, you're very restricted. And I just I just felt like that doesn't hold the same amount of weight. No. But and then Henry Crawford shows up. Yeah. Like he's supposed to in Portsmouth. But it's just Fanny and the servants. And it's just like, where the fuck is the chaperone? Like yeah. this would not have happened. No. This Ella would not have happened. Yeah. Yeah, like, the servants would have told him to get the fuck out. Like, because you know the footman or the doorman or whatever is still there. He would not have let Henry Crawford in. Yeah. No way. That was my biggest gripe. Then there were all these other, like, little things that I feel like they didn't need to change that were just really unnecessary. Like, for example, Sir Thomas goes to Antigua, like, for, like, a couple months. And And he goes alone. And he's 18. And he goes alone. And, like... He's mm-hmm. just, like, saying goodbye to them, and everybody's like, yes, he's gone. And, like, there's no, like, long time away from Fanny. So, like, when he comes back, it just, it doesn't feel like he's as impressed with her changes, because she hasn't changed. hmm hmm She hasn't grown up, because she was already grown up. I do feel like Sir Thomas feels flat in this adaptation, but I still prefer it over the other one. I prefer him over the other one because the other one is just like terrifying. He's a dick. yeah, but like they were making a choice to make him terrifying. Yeah, a a questionable choice. Yes, they. Yeah, yeah. But this one, he does. I'm not gonna lie, he does fall flat in this one. We don't yeah. get the, what we got in the book between Fanny and Sir Thomas in this one. Like there's like hints where he's trying to. Yeah, there's hints where he's trying to be the Sir Thomas of the book, like, Mm -hmm. when he's, like, telling Fanny that she's ungrateful for refusing him, and then she starts crying, and then he, like, calms himself down, and, like, okay, that, I get that scene. And then there's, like, when they're talking about the issue of slavery, and, like, Tom Jr. makes this like comic because fanny like asks a question about it and he's mm-hmm. like oh fanny's our little abolitionist and then 
it's just like passed over. And that is the only mention really of it. Unless yeah. there was anything yeah. later, but that's the only no, one the I only mention the only mention of the slave trade is Fanny asking Sir Thomas about it, which does line up with the book for the most part, because I think in the book, Edmund does make a comment at some point as well. Mm-hmm. So that lines up. Um, so what they didn't do in this one is set up this whole... This other world? Whole, <laughs> other no, this whole <laughs> subplot that is an important topic and then just leave it hanging. Right. They didn't do that in this one, which, no. I mean, that's fine. That's yeah. fine. It's truer to the book if you do yeah. it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there isn't any of that. But so, yes, yeah, so Sir Thomas falls flat here. But what I think that they did instead is they actually put some of that development onto Mrs. Bertram. Yes. Uh, yeah. 100%. Yep. She's like very much with it. She is more with it mm-hmm. than she is in the novel. Yeah, she really is. She's aware of stuff. She sees things. She's the whole reason why Fanny and Edmund get together at the end. Mm-hmm. And she's like mm-hmm. great with it. And it's, She's excited. Yeah, she wants this to happen because she doesn't yeah. want Fanny to leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's very clear how much she adores Fanny mm-hmm. and likes having her around and actually like asks for her help and asks for her advice and like legitimately enjoys it. Um it seems that sometimes even Mrs. Norris kind of sees it, like sees the two of them together. And you kind of get this vibe that like Mrs. Norris is a little hesitant to like really like kind of do anything. Like, I, I don't want to say she's like hesitant to like yell at Fanny or something like that. But like, you can kind of see that Mrs. Norris is a little bit like, okay, she well, I don't want to move Fanny. Yeah. 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 Sure. Because she's really snippy with Fanny when Mrs. Bertram is not in the room mm-hmm. or when she's asleep. Because that that did happen. She did fall asleep. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, she's she's obviously and extremely grateful when uh, they bring Tom home and he's ill um, and that Fanny is there. Fanny's seen there comforting her. It's yeah. So I think that where they lacked the development and the the building of Sir Thomas's character, they built that into Mrs. Bertram instead. Yeah. So, yeah. Also, Mrs. Bertram and both and Mrs. Norris were both played by fairly young actresses. Yes. I was kind of surprised. Yes. <laughs> they were. Which I I wasn't like upset by that at all. Um and I thought No, like, I was just expecting yeah. someone older. Yeah, me too. I thought they played their parts well also. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know about you, but, like, so I looked at the actress who plays Mrs. Norris, and, Mm -hmm. like, not at all. I'm not saying at all that she looks like this other actress, but in this movie at this time, she bared a resemblance to this other actress, and I couldn't get her out of my brain, and I was, like, waiting for, like, a comedy aspect to, like, come out, and I'm afraid to say it because you're going to be like, no, but, like, I don't know. I felt a very strong resemblance. So, Who? Mrs. Norris, I felt a very strong resemblance. She she bore one to um, Kate McKinnon when she, like, plays that babushka character. Okay, 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 okay. Like, just... I get the vibe. I get the vibe. There was, like, there was a vibe there. And, like, even, like, her the structure the of her face and, like, especially, like, her mouth and, like, how yeah. she would, like, look or, like, and her eyes. And I'm just I feel like, like the the woman who played. See, I wouldn't think that they were the same person, obviously, because right. like I feel like the person who played Mrs. Norris is plumper than 
Kate McKinnon. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I get the vibe. I get yeah. the vibe. Yeah. I thought you were in all honesty, I thought you were gonna say uh Mrs. Weasley. Oh no, not at because all. Because I kinda got like similar features, like they kind like okay. similar facial features. Like that's where I thought you were headed. Yeah. But yeah, no, I get the vibe. I get yeah. the vibe. And I was just yeah. like, is something funny gonna happen? Like I was waiting for like some <laughs> physical comedy to come off of Mrs. Norris, and I was like, Kate McKinnon would be a great Mrs. Norris. Well, so I don't know if you've watched it, uh, but Sir Thomas, like when he first came on screen, I'm like, oh my gosh, where have I seen this guy before? Where have I seen this guy? So I had to Google it really quick. Yes. He's in The Great. He mm-hmm. is the drunk leader of the art of the military. And so I'm just like, I can't yep. take him seriously. Yep. Why isn't he drunk right now? Yep. <laughs> I know. I, yeah. Yeah. That's so random. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought that was an unnecessary change. Anyway, like the whole yeah. weird, like, yeah. why isn't he going to Antigua when he's supposed to? And, like, it felt weird. Anyway. Another small change uh, was that there was no Yates. Yeah, no Yates. No Yates. Um, Julia's story just kind of ends with the Mariah controversy. She's set, or she's with her cousin, and that's the last we hear of Julia. We don't see Mariah and Julia again after Mariah marries Rushworth. Because we yeah, hear we about don't. what happens, like the scandalous things mm-hmm. secondhand. And we don't ever Which see is what again. we do in the book, so that's legit. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's just the, how we hear it is different. Yeah. Because we hear about it through, initially through Mary Crawford. Mm-hmm. And then through the newspaper. And in this version, Sir Thomas is given a letter that says everything about it. Which so. actually in the book, Sir Thomas did get a letter from yep, his friend and like true. tried, but didn't make it in time. But in this yep. version, he did go out to London and like wasn't able to. Yeah. 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 So they just kind of changed that a little bit. And that's mostly because Fanny did not go to Portsmouth. So she was home. So we didn't hear from Mary Crawford through that way. So I think that that was an okay change given the other changes and stuff like that. And I actually kind of liked the fact that Sir Thomas was the one that got the news mm-hmm. and had to deliver it because I feel like it was more, uh, well, it, 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 it showed more of the severity of the situation because you got to see his anger and his, like, his being upset about the whole situation kind of setting us up to actually be told what had happened. Yeah. So I actually kind of preferred that over... You know how Austin does it in the end, like towards the ends of all of her books, where it's just like epistolary, epistolary, epistolary. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I kind of liked it. It felt a little bit more like in uh, Pride and Prejudice with Lydia and Mister Bennett kind yeah. of situation. Yeah, so I actually enjoyed that change. <laughs> but yeah, we don't see Julia and Mariah again at the end of the movie at all. And we, the only thing that we really know about the uh, end of their story is that Mrs. Norris leaves the house Mm -hmm. to which Fanny is elated. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, She's like at the door and she's like, should be sad about like the shame that has befallen the family. And she's just like, bye Aunt Norris. Sucks to suck. (laughs) Like that is her vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to ask you because one of the things about the other adaptation was that it very clearly set it up to where it looked and felt as if Fanny was to blame for what Henry Crawford did. Yeah. How do you feel this adaptation handled it? Do you feel that same way for this adaptation? No, because, like, it's weird. Okay, so, like, there's a flirty thing going on between 
Fanny and Henry in this adaptation. And then it's like he wants to marry her and she's like, no, 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 no. And like it shut it shut down, shut it down. And then mm-hmm. he comes back and like that's weird. And then he like has sex with Mariah. So it just didn't feel connected. I guess. I don't know. So everything felt like it happened really fast. And I I don't know. I think the one thing in this adaptation and in the book, because it was also in the book, uh, that made it feel like it wasn't Fanny's fault as opposed to the other adaptation where it was very clearly they were flirting Mm -hmm. and that he was really like it very clearly, you know, he was into her and everything like that. And this one, we have that conversation between Mary and Henry where he's like, I'm going to make her fall in love with me. And that's it. And then it is for me. Him heavily flirting with her and her not really flirting back as much. That she was flirting more than in the book, because obviously, like within the book, we we see more of Fanny's thoughts. Whereas this, we just kind of see her actions and stuff like that. But it never took that turn for me where it seemed like Henry was ever being genuine. No, I agree with that. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, Henry is not. There's no hope for him. He's very much Mm -hmm. like the book Henry, where, like, he's just, well, he's, like, a good combination of the book Henry and the other adaptation Henry, where it's, like, it seems like there's some sincerity, but he's not, like, genuine throughout, where it's, like, because we know in the book he, like, convinced himself of it and he believed himself of Mm -hmm. it, but ultimately he failed because he was always going to fail. And then... In the last adaptation we watched, he seemed very earnest in liking Fanny yeah. and then losing Fanny's proposal. That's when he fails. And yeah. this one, he he just feels very like like a cad throughout the whole thing. And I think he's mm-hmm. it's it's supposed to play that up because we're supposed to want Henry and Edmund to get together. And like I think they want the audience to clearly or Fanny say, and Edmund. Sorry, yeah, Fanny and Edmund. What? Henry and Edmund? Wait, what <laughs> I mean, I still that? <laughs> I still think he's Let's bisexual based Okay, guys. <laughs> based on the fact that he would take the arms of other men and walk them back to their dorms at Oxford. You know, Ed Cannon, Edmund, bisexual. Edmund, Edmund, I'm good with it. Edmund goes to Henry Crawford after the indiscretion with Mariah. And he's like, what were you thinking? He's like, I don't know. He's like, let me show you the light. Come back to my room. Yes, yes, yes. Yep, anyway, yep. sorry. No. Anyway. So where was I? Okay. so They want Edmund and Fanny to be together. Yeah, and you're not <laughs> yeah. supposed to want her with Henry. And so like, I feel like they made him mm-hmm. like more vile. In this version of the movie. Yeah, because yeah, he, he is feels dirty. Up, yeah, he's straight up talking yeah. at the beginning. He's having the conversation with his sister where he's like, I like Mariah, I'm going to flirt with her. Like, they have the conversation mm-hmm. about, like, mm-hmm. whatever. And then he, there's cuts to the next one where he's like, I'm going to make Fanny fall in love with me. And, mm-hmm. yeah, he, like, it, and he goes out of his way to, like, do things just to get Fanny's attention. And there's no yep. sincerity behind nope. it at so all. So in the, in the book's... We hear Henry and Mary both talking about how they want to essentially use this connection to the Bertrams to their advantage. Yeah. Um, Mary talks about possibly, you know, 
thinking about flirting and, you know, connecting and possibly marrying Tom. But then she goes after Edmund and we, we hear Henry kind of talking a bit about, you know, Mariah and Julia and then obviously flirting with them. And then obviously what he said about Fanny. So we know that those conversations existed in the book. Mm -hmm. The difference is, is that in the book, again, like we, we get a little bit more of like Henry's thoughts and feelings, which we can't necessarily get on film. Um, so we kind of see that shift in him and we see him change and we see him kind of come to the realization that no, maybe he does see that he can be a good person with Fanny and that he believes or he convinces himself that he does love her. There is no shift like that at all in this. Like we kind of see like him watching her and like you kind of get that weird thing in films where you kind of see a character maybe think, oh, maybe this is what I want. But it's not a really big yeah. thing yeah. and it's not really played into and he doesn't start at like... It's very clear he doesn't start acting with sincerity. He yeah. just keeps doing the same thing he was doing. And even when he gets William the promotion, it doesn't feel sincere at all yeah. like it does in the books. Because yeah. in the books, it feels like he went out of his way to do that. So it's like, it's, it's a sincere thing. Yeah. So because yeah, like, I feel he like... he seems to genuinely like William in the books. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you see them talking and them having a good conversation together. Even though William is in this adaptation, they, like, don't talk. Yeah, they have, like, the conversation at dinner where everyone's around and he, like, says mm -hmm. how he admires William for his things and William's, like, whatever. And that's, like, in the book, you know. But, like, yeah. there's nothing else because, like, there's no, no wall and there's, like, no way for them to, like, interact with yeah. each other. Um, and then also I think what really, like, makes the other Henry's book and other adaptations henry different from this one is like the portsmouth thing because like mm -hmm. what really so what convinces the audience that henry crawford is sincere is that he goes to portsmouth to like mm -hmm. be with fanny and that obviously doesn't happen here he just goes to no. mansfield park which isn't like a big enough of a no. sacrifice or tracker and it's also like kind of creepy because she's by herself yeah and also like he was already staying outside mansfield park anyway it's not like he was traveling all the way from London. Like, he might have been in London, but, like, it really, it, it wasn't as big of a gesture. Yeah. So I think that this version of Henry is definitely painted as more of the, like, villainous kind of, yes. like, scammy kind of guy. So you never at any point think, oh, maybe Fanny will end up with this guy. Yeah. So, yeah. So that being said, I would like to change the conversation to Mary Crawford. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because I think that this Mary Crawford yes. is definitely an evil villain. <laughs> yes. And also, I feel like she is a little bit closer to the book one than the other Mary. Like, we did talk about how the I other think, one was, like, straight up devious. I think that this one is a little bit more devious, too. Yeah. Or at the very least, um, how did I write it in my notes? She feels more, like, conniving. Yeah. Like, like her whole purpose is to get one of the Bertram boys to marry her. And I feel like... Yeah. And I, I feel like that was less of her overall goal in the book. Like, it was a nice touch. Mm -hmm. And she, I think that in the book, Mary did have feelings for Edmund. She just couldn't, like... Like, she couldn't, like, get over her feelings while also, like, accepting what he was and who he was. I think yeah. that was her problem. I don't think that she was purposefully going out of her way to try to marry Edmund. But this Mary Crawford, much like the other Mary Crawford, was very much just focused on what she could gain from the Bertrams. Mm -hmm. And... While we know in the book, Fanny and Mary, or at the very least, Mary thought that Fanny was her friend, like they had a connection. 
that was not the case in this no, at all. They're and not friends. No, and it's not like the other adaptation where Mary was very clearly using Fanny. Yeah. And this one, it's just that she doesn't want anything to do with her. No. There's no connection at all whatsoever. She just doesn't care. It's like Fanny's a fly on the wall. Yeah. In fact, when she was having that conversation with Henry, when Henry's like, I'm going to make Fanny fall in love with me, and then she does the line like, well, be mm-hmm. careful. She's a sweet thing, blah, 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 blah. I'm mm-hmm. just like, how do you know she's a sweet thing? Like, you don't it even know like, her. <laughs> it felt like she was making fun of her in that moment, almost. Less yeah, less of the sincere, yeah. like, hey, that's my friend. Be careful with her. I know how you are. And more of a, oh, she's too sweet. Yeah. You know, like, she was make like, yeah. It was really weird. Now, yeah. don't get me wrong. Haley Atwell played her perfectly. Oh, yeah. Like, the way they had her written, she did a wonderful job. I believed her. Like, it was, yeah. But it was very clear that this Mary Crawford was manipulative. She was using Edmund, and she was saying things specifically to get his attention. Like, the line about who will I make love to was delivered wonderfully mm-hmm. and purposefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in the right rooms at the right times. Mm-hmm. She, you know, she was right next to Edmund when she needed to be. Um she did have a couple of the foot in mouth moments that she had in the book where she yeah. was talking about church and kind of dismissing it. And then Edmund's like, oh, I'm going to be a clergyman. And you can clearly see it on her face. Like, fuck. Uh. <laughs> the dance, like, oh, this is the last time I'll dance with you because mm-hmm. next time you'll be a clergyman and I won't ever dance with a clergyman. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we see that all. Yeah. I do think that one of the things that we were kind of missing, though, was the the tension of whether or not they were going to get together after the ball slash dance. Like after he became a clergyman, like even in the book, we still have that. Is he going to ask her? Is she going to accept? Do we know that wasn't really in this? Yeah. Um, They were put in the same room together and they had conversations. They had that conversation about what to do with Mariah where Edmund is just like, I don't know who you are. Mm hmm. But it didn't feel like there was still the possibility that they would have been together because you didn't see that tension before that. Yeah. So I did feel like that didn't like hit the same way because even in the other adaptation, it hit well, you know, like like her talking about Mariah and Edmund and her possible future together and everything like that. That I think that scene in the previous adaptation was done really well. And I liked how they did it in front of in front of the whole family because it just made Mary Crawford seem like a terrible person. In this version, it's just her and Edmund, and the tension isn't really there. But then again, we don't actually see that conversation in the book, so <laughs> yeah. I thought it was interesting how during the play, sorry mm-hmm. to like nonsense. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, we didn't even really. Like, like I, we got a lot of the play in this one, yeah. I feel like. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, it was a big part of this adaptation. I feel like, like, that's the part they really did justice. Like, out of mm-hmm. all of the mm-hmm. whole movie, like, that part mm-hmm. they did they did good on. Because um, they definitely, like, showed how the different characters felt about the play. Yes. Which was very much missing from the other one. It kind of just felt like everybody was like, woohoo, play, let's do yeah. this. And then it was there for, like, five seconds. Yeah. But this one, it's very clear who's upset Who's refusing to do it? Who's giving in? Yeah. And stuff like that. Yeah. And of course, because there's no Yates, it's Tom mm-hmm. Jr. who's like, we're going to do this. Um, but when they're rehearsing, 
And, like, there's the scene with Henry and Mariah rehearsing, mm-hmm. and, like, they full-on kiss. And, like, oh, yeah. they're touching, and then, like, suddenly the curtains fall down, and everyone, like, sees, mm-hmm. like, guilt all over mm-hmm. them. And it's just, like, oh. I wanted oh. that at the end. I wanted that mm-hmm. same tension at the end, but like, you know, we get it secondhand, like in the book, but like, I was hoping that would come back around. I, so I want to come back to talking about Mariah and Henry, but first I did want to talk about the, the, the changing of Edmund's mind for the play and this adaptation, oh, yeah. I think was probably as close to the book as yeah, anything else I in the agree. adaptation. I think that they just did that perfectly where he's just like, no, I'm not going to do this. I refuse. And then she's like, well, who will I make love to? And he's like, I'm still refusing. Crap. They're going to bring in this extra guy, Fanny. Okay, fine. I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was done well. I also feel like he wanted to play opposite Mary Crawford, just like in the book. Like he kind of mm-hmm. feels like he does. And like when he asks Fanny what he should do, And, like, Mm -hmm. she's, like, trying to be, like, well, you have to think about, like, how uncomfortable Miss Crawford would be. He's, like, yes, Miss Crawford. Yes, that's the reason why. That's why I'm going to do this. It's because of Mm -hmm. her. And, like, yeah. So it it felt very on point. Yeah. Yeah. So we know in the book that after the whole play situation and everything like that, and once Sir Thomas comes home, Henry stops flirting with Mariah. Mm -hmm. And that is her, her indication that he is never going to marry her and that she needs to just continue marrying Rushworth. Yeah. So in this adaptation, Sir Thomas comes home, Henry and Mary are sent home and everybody else sits down to dinner and they have a discussion. And then the next scene is Sir Thomas talking to Mariah and trying to get her out of this marriage. And Mariah's like, no, I'm going to do this. And then they have a married or a marriage scene and she gives side eye to Henry Crawford, mm-hmm. which makes absolutely no sense unless like, you have the rest of the context. And he's like looking out the, the window sad at her when she gets in the carriage with Brushwood. Yeah. Away. Like, like it, there's no indication that he snubbed her. Other than like, okay, so when they're having dinner, Mar- Mariah and Tom Jr. are sitting next together at the dinner table. And he's like, Henry Crawford was out here, out of here pretty quick. And she's like, yeah, without even like a backward glance or like whatever. Like, sh- that's the snub. Yeah. It's like him leaving right but after it's... Sir Thomas catches them with the play. That's what they're using but her, as snub. Yeah. But her actions then after that, it didn't make any sense. No. Like in the book, it makes sense because she was very clearly continuing to try to do what she was doing and he was, she was being snubbed here. It just, it didn't make any sense at all. It's just like, why? Like he's giving her an out and she's not taking it. Why is she not taking it? Yeah. And I don't know if like they were trying to make it seem as if like she was like, well, no, he's got good money and good connections. I'll take it that way. Because she does talk about that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they were trying to make her seem greedy or something. I mean, I, I don't could know. see that. I just, I feel like it would have held up better if Henry Crawford wasn't looking sad at her out the window on her wedding day. Like, mm-hmm. it almost implied that he wanted to be with Mariah. Yeah. And she didn't yeah. want to be with him. And it's just really weird. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was really weird. And that then plays into the end when they actually get together and have the little, the little affair. It just... I don't know. I felt like it didn't hold as much weight as it did in the original story. Because there was no talk of them meeting, or was there? Or did Henry Henry Crawford talk about that? No, I think, 
Uh, Henry or Mary did. One of the two of them talked about it. Yeah, they talked about how they had seen each other. Yeah. I don't know. It was kind of confusing. It was, like, hard to keep some of those, like, bits of the storyline together in this version. Now, see, I understand that, you know, again, this is a really big book. And it's an hour and a half, maybe two hour movie. So you have to make adjustments. But like some of these things could have easily been shown in just like a snippet to kind of carry that through. Yeah. Um, So that's why I'm kind of being like really nitpicky here. Because I, again, and I'll say it like I did at the beginning, I think that this is a pretty good adaptation compared to the book. I think that it held truer to the book than the other one did. And I think that the that is because of the other influences that we know were in, a part of the other adaptation. Because the other adaptation wasn't just inspired by the by Mansfield Park, but also by Austin's journals. And I think that that's the big difference for me. I like the other one better. I'm not saying I don't like the other one. I'm just saying I think that this one is a truer adaptation to the book. I don't like this one. I'm sorry. I just don't like it. (laughs) Okay. I'm not asking you if you like it. I'm asking you if you feel like this adaptation did the book more justice than the other one. No. I feel like... Really? Because you didn't like... You said that one didn't get do it justice either. I feel... Yeah. Neither of these adaptations did it justice. And then like if... If it's not going to do it justice, then the next thing is I need to be entertained. And which one entertained me? I'm sorry, but the 99 one entertained me way more. <laughs> Sometimes I think you're just stuck in your ways. I really am. <laughs> but also, I tried. I tried to find things that I liked about this. And I just, I don't know. Like, I didn't like, I didn't like the character portrayals. Like, Mary Crawford character was good. But, like, the rest of them I didn't like very much. I don't know. And then, okay, can we talk about the end? Sure. Really quick. Okay, so, like, at the end, after all the stuff has happened, and the Mm -hmm. dust has settled, Mm -hmm. Mariah and Julia are gone, Mariah's Mm -hmm. with Aunt Norris, Aunt Norris is gone, Mm -hmm. Crawfords are gone, it's just Sir Bertram, Lady Bertram, Edmund, and Fanny. And, like, they're sitting around, and then Fanny's aunt is like, oh, what color should I use here? And Fanny's like, this one. And then, like, Edmund looks up, and, like, he's, it's, like, the moment, the aha moment where he realizes mm-hmm. he loves her. But it, like, goes on for way too long. He's just, oh, yeah. like, staring at her weird agape for, like, 30 slow seconds. And it mm-hmm. is painful and so cringe. And it's, like, mm-hmm. I don't like this. I'd rather have, like, creepy grooming Edmund than this, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say the end of this book does not match up with the end of the, or the end of this adaptation does not match the end of the book. But it gets creepier because then she's washing her hair in a basin. Yes. In her room. And she, like, allows him to come in and he's Which, just, like. No. Well, I mean, she's fully dressed. She's yeah, just washing her hair. No one would let a man come in when she's washing her hair. Like, no, I get that. But she, you know, like she sees she's him Billy as a friend, Piper. blah, blah, blah. And she is, she's wearing her, her nightgown and a robe. She's not even like. I know. It's just but weird. anyway, anyway, what's creepy is that he just stands there staring at her because he can't come up with a reason for why he's there. Yeah. But- <laughs> and then he says, oh, crap reason. And then she's just like, okay. And he's just like staring. No, but she's, like, like, giving him looks. She's giving him looks. She is giving him, like, 
I know why you're staring at me looks. She totally is. They're flirty. That's just Billy Piper's face. No, there's a vibe <laughs> in her eyes. Because then when he leaves, after like being all tongue-tied, she's like smiling and like really giddy to herself because she's like, oh, he loves me. Like she knows. Yeah. It's just like so Well, weird. and then the and then next day. at the breakfast table together. Well, at the, ne- the next day, they're just like giddy little children. It's really weird. Like that right there was definitely not Fanny yeah. Price. Like at all. It, it, I. And it wasn't Edmund either. It was like he had a complete personality replacement. Yeah. They both yeah. got like lobotomies or something. They and both then, turned into teenage, like prepubescent teenage flirts. Yeah. <laughs> and then Aunt Bertrand's like seeing this like spark of energy and she's like, oh, Fanny, go get me some lavender. And she like darts off all giggly. Mm-hmm. And then Edmund, she's like, Edmund, go with her. And Sir Thomas is like, no, Edmund, you have to come to town. And Lady Bertrand's like, no, he's going with Fanny. And then, like, <laughs> and then he runs out. And then they, like, yeah. kiss. Yeah. And then, yeah. like, Sir Thomas and Lady Bertram are watching them from the window. And she's like, finally. And he's like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. So it's really weird. It's so It's weird. a weird-ass ending. I'm not going to lie. It's and a weird-ass ending. similar to the last one, they – even more so heavily implied that all of the children are Lady Bertrams. Meaning that oh, yeah. Ed- Edmund oh, yeah. and Fanny are first cousins. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There is no indication that uh, they are not first cousins yeah. at all whatsoever. By blood. Yeah. 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 In this version, they are definitely blood related, much yeah. like the other one. Yeah, yeah. It's creepy. It's creepy. Yeah. But it was okay back then, so <laughs> you can't judge them too hard. Still, it's in the book that they're not. They should put it in the film. It would be different if it wasn't in the book. Maybe that's why. Well, Lady Bertram and Mrs. Norris were quite young looking. That Maybe is that's true. supposed to be our indication. That's not a good enough indication. Yeah, no, because she was like way more concerned over Tom than the other one mm-hmm. was. And like... Mm-hmm. My Mm -hmm. baby, essentially. Mm -hmm. And just like, Mm -hmm. okay, this is your kid. Okay. You guys are all related. This is (laughs) Amy. Anyway, so that that that's our notes on this adaptation. Um, which, you know, these are the only two film adaptations that I saw that, you know, are regularly watched. There's one from the 80s. Oh god. Did you see that one? No. <laughs> I haven't seen no. it, but like when I was searching it up on Amazon, it was yeah, the one we watched last week, this one, and there's one from 1986. Yeah, there's one, uh there's a Pride and Prejudice from the 80s as well. Yeah. Uh yeah. There's a Pride and Prejudice out there. I don't know when it's from, but the guy who plays Grand Moff Tarkin in Star Wars is Mr. Darcy, and I'm just like, What? Tarkin is Darcy? That's what? So <laughs> My fandoms are colliding. Anyway, uh, moving on. So uh, that's it for our film adaptations, but we're going to start our book adaptations. Yay! Which is going to get weird. Shit's going to get really weird, guys. We, yeah, we found some interesting adaptations. They are, Uh, yeah. We have some self-published books. We have indie published books. We have Kindle-only books. Uh, There's one about mummies. Uh, <laughs> it's gonna be a wild summer. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh, we have like a like a like a uh like a rom com. That's the word I was like. I, I don't know why my brain is is fried. We have like some rom coms. We have some historical fiction ones. It's gonna be fun. 
But uh, that also means that we are switching from weekly to every other week because we have to read whole ass books. So, and it's the end of the school year, and I have a lot of work to do. <laughs> yeah, and that. So, our next episode won't be out until June first. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind. There will be no episode next week. Our next one will be June first, where we are discussing two adaptations that are through the point of view of another character. Mm-hmm. Katrina will be reading one that is through the point of view of Mary Crawford, and I will be reading one that is through the point of view of Edmund Bertram, which I'm so looking forward to. Mm-hmm. It's it's by Amanda Grange, who's done all of the other hero books, the diary hero books, so at the very least I know she can write. So, <laughs> so next week Katrina will be reading Mary Crawford, Revisiting at Mansfield Park by Julia Barrett. And I'll be reading The Diary of Edmund Bertram by Amanda Grange. If you'd like to read along with us, that's what we'll be reading. So check us out next time and we will see you on June 1st. Until then, bye. Bye. Beyond Measure is hosted by me, Katrina Mayer, and me, Al Kammerer. We're part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Our music was composed by Shane Ivers, and our artwork was created by the beautiful and talented Katie Keneally. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can find us on our website at witbeyondmeasure.com. Or follow us on Instagram for all of our updates, memes, and just fun stuff. Our handle is at WBMPodcast. I'm going to say that again. It's WBMPodcast.